Good morning, and welcome to another in our series of mini shiurim on the book of Yehoshua. I apologize for the echo in the background. It's the space that I'm recording in. Hopefully, um, it won't be too distracting. We're learning in the merit of the IDF, Israel's emergency services, the hostages, and the injured, um, and especially for the seven Talmud and the seven students from Yeshivat Hagolan who were injured in Aza yesterday. Um, the names that I have are Yair ben Naomi Esther, Moshe Aharon ben Laya Bela, El Roi Yanon ben Sigal, Yotam ben Zahava, Chaim ben Miriam, Ariel ben Ephrat, and, and Itai ben Rachel. So we're in Parakhav Dalad, chapter 24. And Yehoshua is giving his last speech to the Jews, and he's been focusing on how Hashem has moved the Jews forward step by step, Hashem's chesed, his kindness that he has performed for them. Um, we went through in brief uh, the experience of the Avos and Imahos, and we went through their descent to Egypt and then coming out of Egypt. We skipped the bad parts, we skipped the slavery. Um, and we talked about the Jews in the Midbar, in the wilderness, and their arrival in Israel, and how Hashem helped them in Israel. It's really fascinating that not only did Yahushua skip certain elements in the wilderness, which are examples of Hashem's chesed, but we didn't mention them, um, like the Mun, for example. Um, he also doesn't recount the ups and downs in Israel. He just says, Hashem gave you all of this that you didn't build, that you didn't create. Hashem has handed it to you. But he doesn't go through the things, even the things that had been experienced in the past 14 years, which you know, you, you might expect, I might have expected. It's not there. Um, and that brings us to sentence 14, Pasuk Yud Dalid and a new national covenant. And Yehoshua is going to say some pretty eyebrow-raising things uh, to the Jews as part of this covenant. Pasuk Yudalit, sentence 14. He says, you should fear God, revere God, serve Him fully, flawlessly, in truth, parenthetically, Yeru. Yud Reish Aleph Vav is pronounced Yiru, not Yiru. Yiru means they will see. Yiru is an imperative, it's an instruction to fear, to revere. Um, like Yiru as Hashem Kedoshav, which people say at the end of Rikat Hamazon from Tehillim uh, chapter 34, it's Yiru as Hashem, not Yiru, which would mean they will see. Um, in any case, Yeru as Hashem, you should revere God, Ivduoso, and you should serve him flawlessly in truth. Vehisiru es Elohim Asher of Duabosehru, I should say, Elohim Asher of Duabosechem. You should remove the gods that your ancestors worshipped, get rid of the idols, Be'Avrahanahar, the ones they worshipped beside the river back in Aram, Uvimitsrayim, and the ones they served in Egypt. And instead, you should serve God. So already there are certain things here which are very, very interesting. I mean, the, the overall message is obviously don't relapse to idolatry. That we understand. He says, get rid of your Avodah get rid of your idols, right? Reminiscent of Yaakov's instruction in Shechem. When uh, after, after Shimon and Levi destroyed Shechem, he says, get rid of any idols you have from Shechem. But why do they have idols? So Radak says, spoils of war. Um, Professor Kiel in the Dot Mikra reads it as if you have any of them, 
Mitsuda as David, Rav David Altshuler says it means remove them from your hearts. But I would note the possibility, which I think I may have mentioned once before, that they took them as um, trophies. Remember that, I believe we've said this, the, um, that in various places in Tanakh, we find Jews and non-Jews who defeat an enemy take something of the God who they have defeated, or the God of the nation they've defeated, in order to demonstrate our God is greater than your God. David HaMelech does it with Ammon. We find that the Plishtim do it with the Aron. It's a practice demonstrating my God is, in fact, greater um, and, uh, and it could be that they would have had the idols for that reason. It's a possibility. Um, but one thing that's particularly fascinating, and we sort of said it quickly, is the idols that your ancestors worshipped, Be'ever Hanahar, beside the river, back in Aram, that's the reference to Terach as an idolater, Uve Mitzrayim, and in Egypt. When you read the story in the beginning of the book of Shmos, it does not mention the Jews worshipping Avodah Zarah in Egypt. However, Yoshua says it, and Yechezkel chapter 20 says it similarly, that in fact the Jews in Egypt worshipped idols, and this contributes to the Midrashim that talk about how they, they weren't necessarily worthy of getting out of Egypt, that the Jews and the Egyptians weren't so different from each other, that they crossed the Yamsuf with the idol of Micha, the statue of Micha with them, that in fact there was a real descent, the, the, uh, you know, the lowest level of impurity and so on. All of that is based on what Yoshua says here as well as what's said in Yechezkel. But here we get to the really surprising part. Pasuk Tezvav, sentence 15. If you don't want to serve God, right? That's a common phrase in Tanakh. If it's bad in your eyes to serve God, choose today. Whom are you going to serve? Will it be these foreign gods, the ones who your ancestors served back in, uh, in Aram, beside the river, or the gods of the Amori in whose land you're dwelling, I'm going to serve God. My household is going to serve God. You want to worship idols? That's your business. But make your decision about whom you are going to worship. That is a bizarre challenge. Is he serious? Like, okay, you guys go worship idols if you want. Um, it's echoed later by Elio, right? The famous story, the classic story of Elio on Mount Carmel, where he has a showdown with the prophets of the Baal and the Asherah. At first Baal and Asherah, then Baal, um, where in, it's in Malachim Aleph, uh, chapter 18, sentence 21, and he says to them, you have to choose how long are you going to try to have it both ways? If you're for God, to follow him, and if you're for Baal, follow him. So what, what in the world is going on here, whether in that story in Malachim or, or here? So the Medrash in the Sifri, uh, it is Sifri Dvarim Beis, says that this is Musr, this is rebuke. He says, The Medrash there is talking about a different point, the fact that Yehoshua is not seen rebuking the Jews. Um, until here. So he says, yeah, that's the practice, is to do it close to death, and it brings our Pasuk, our verse, as an example of this. Somehow this is meant as Musr. This is meant as rebuke. So he's not he's not being serious. The, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not meant as an actual offer. 
Um, that's one possibility. Ralbag offers, you know, I think the other logical read, which is he knew they, that, uh, that they were not going to actually worship Avodah But he wanted the covenant to be voluntary. He wanted it to be something that they would actually choose for themselves. He knew their nature. They were not going to worship idols. Then why did he do it? He wants it to be voluntary. This is an idea that Rav um, Rivlin, the Mashkiach Ruchani, when I was in Karen Yavna 30 years ago, so he, he expressed this idea beautifully. It's actually a very nice Shabbat Brachos to our Torah. Uh, when people get married, we say, we talk about Ava v'achva v'shalom v'reyus. Ahava, love. Achva, brotherhood. What is the difference between Ava and Achva? What are we saying when we talk about Ava and Achva? So he said, the, uh, following the Gemara in the beginning of Sota, that Hashem arranges the marriages and that it's, uh, it's predetermined. So he says, marriage is really Achva. It's really Achva, meaning you don't choose your sibling. Your sibling is whoever your sibling is, and that's just the way it is. Like it, don't like it, have a falling out, embrace them, whatever it is, it doesn't make a difference. At the end of the day, they're still going to be your sibling. That's Achva. And relationships, he says, really are like that. It's, it's predestined. What you do with all sorts of philosophical questions that raises is a topic for another time. But he says relationships are really Achva. However, if Hashem were simply to tell people, this is your bashert, this is the one who is arranged for you, people would be very unhappy. They would have all sorts of complaints. I didn't want this one. This one has this trait. This one has that trait. People need to feel like they chose it themselves. That's ahava. So that's love. That's the choice that you make. So Rivlin said, the relationships are ahava, they're brotherhood, they're siblinghood. However, if we feel like it's Ava, it works better. If we feel like it's love that we chose, it works better. So here too, that's what Yeshua is doing. He's saying to them, you can make whatever decision you want. They, uh, it's up to you. Um, also reminiscent of the idea, since Purim is coming up, of Kimu Kiblu. At Harsinai, the Jews don't really have such a choice. As the Medrash brought in the Gemara paints it, Hashem holds the mountain over their head and says, either you accept it or you're done. The... Um, Various explanations are brought for that Gemara. But the Gemara says that on Purim, when the Megillah says, Kimu v'kiblu ayyuhudim, the Jews arose and they accepted the Torah, they accepted it upon themselves. In context in the Megillah, it's they accepted the celebration of Purim. But it's a greater accept, uh, acceptance of Hashem as king and that we are going to serve Hashem. That's the voluntary part. So that's what Yeshua is doing here. And Yeshua says to them, concluding as he began, he says... The, um, he says, I am going to, uh, to serve Hashem. My household is going to, uh, is going to serve Hashem. That's his, um, that, that's, that's his offer. So what does the nation say? So the nation commits. Um, Abarbanel notes, they don't wait for the elders here. It's the nation. Vayan ha'om vayomer, the nation responded, or they declared and they said, Chalila lanu me'azobas Hashem lavod Elohim achirim. 
He says, no way, it will be a desecration for us to abandon God, to serve the gods of others. Hashem, our God, is the one who took us out of Egypt, the house of slaves. The, uh, he is the one who performed all of these great signs. Sorry, these great signs. He guarded us on the path that we walked all along the way. And all the nations in whom we traveled. Hashem chased out all of these nations. All the Amori who dwell in the land, he chased them out before us. We will also serve God because Hashem is our God. They accept the brist, but we're not done. Yahushua has one more surprise up his sleeve, and God willing, we will see that tomorrow.